As they rounded a corner east of Bellevue, they all saw the host suspended in midair beside the highway. Beautiful rays of colored light shone from it. Even before the car had stopped, Father leaped out from the car and ran towards this astonishing sight. Sergeant Parsons of the RCMP was right behind him. Father fell to his knees in adoration, overcome with joy and wonder. Sergeant Parsons did likewise and landed in a pool of mud. The most incredible thing we have here on earth is the presence of Jesus Christ in the Most Holy Eucharist. We don't often hear it, but we just had an incredible retreat from a bishop in Canada. His name is Bishop Scott McKaig. He is the bishop for the military in Canada. I remember Bishop Scott McKaig when he was just Father Scott McKaig. He would give these homilies. I always described them as a punch in the gut. You left going, oh my goodness, I want to be holy. Um, and he hasn't changed after many, many years. And uh, he came and he gave a three-day mission on the Eucharist, on attaining Eucharistic amazement. And what he did, really what he did was he quoted some of the greatest saints on the Eucharist. And it was such an education. It was so fantastic. But we've been playing short clips of it at LifeSet. You might have seen some of them already. I wanted to bring them all together here because what it is, in addition to the great quotes from these saints, Bishop Scott's own love for Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament comes out. And you can see that so well. And I know most of us are too busy to listen to all three talks comprising over three hours plus the homilies and so on. So I wanted to give you my highlights. This is the John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. As you know, LifeSite News has been at the forefront of exposing the Great Reset and the globalist forces that seek to subvert our world, from the Vatican to the highest halls of government to the local Planned Parenthood. And that's why LifeSite News is sponsoring the 2023 Crusader Night Congress to fight back against the anti-life cabal that seeks to control all of our lives. This event has a theme that the world desperately needs. The theme is for alter culture, and trade. And what does that mean? Well, it means making the social kingship of Christ the center of family and individual life to restore Christendom. It means making deeper connections between Catholic families. It means restoring and rebuilding Christendom in all sectors of society. It means reclaiming North America for the culture of life. The 2023 Crusader Night Congress is being held by American patriot and faithful Catholic Mike Church. The dates are May 5th, 6th, and 7th in the heart of Louisiana's Cajun country. To learn all the details and register to attend, head on over to upontherocks.co, not .com, by the way, that's upontherocks.co, or give them a call at 844-527-8723. LifeSite News is proud to sponsor this event, and I sincerely hope you can attend. Let me first start off with what he talked about around Canada, because of course that's where I am. And many people don't know it, but there's a great saint in Canada by the name of Dina Belanger. And she was actually called by our Lord 
a Canadian Little Therese, which is just amazing for all of those of you who love Little Therese. And uh, she had this beautiful saying about the Blessed Sacrament. And if people recognized where the truth that Jesus was truly present there, they would have to build ramparts to defend the Blessed Sacrament because people would be coming night and day. Watch for yourself. One of our own Canadian saints, Blessed Dina Belanger, from the 1920s, Jesus called her my Canadian little Therese, a mystic of the first order, just a beautiful, beautiful soul. If you ever get the chance to visit her tomb outside of Quebec City, I, I encourage you to go. It's very precious, very special. This is something she wrote. If souls but understood the treasure they possess in the Divine Eucharist, it would be necessary to encircle the tabernacles with the strongest ramparts. For in the delirium of a devouring and holy hunger, they would press forward themselves to feed on the bread of angels. The churches would overflow with adorers, consumed with love for the divine prisoner, no less by night than by day. Beautiful, isn't it? She grasped the reality. Jesus had impressed upon her heart the truth of his presence. Another incredible concept that he brought out was that Jesus has told the saints in locutions and visions that he waits there in the Blessed Sacrament for us day and night. And he feels so abandoned because we so often don't go. Have a listen. Our Lord's words to Blessed Alexandrina de Costa. She's a mystic beatified by Pope John Paul II in 2004. She divulged, or Jesus divulged to her, how profoundly people's forgetfulness of his presence in the Blessed Sacrament, how much that pierces his heart. He told her this, I remain in the tabernacle day and night, waiting to give my life and my grace to all who would visit me. But so few come. I am so abandoned, so lonely, so offended. But even beyond that, there is this understanding of Jesus, the Lord himself, can be consoled by us. So when we go to see Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, when we go to pay our respects to him, when we go just to sit in his presence and love him, even if we don't know what words to say, he is consoled by our presence. That sounds incredible. Listen. But what really took me by surprise is how often he tells the saints that when we come before him, he is consoled by us. That we bring healing and consolation to his heart by our love. 
that Jesus wounded in so many ways, so pierced by the loss of souls, by the turning of people and nations away from him, by blasphemies, the sacrilege, and so many grave sins that are wounding these people that he loves so much. That when we come to him before the blessed sacrament, his heart is consoled. That he's also here because he wants to be loved by us. And then he gives a quote from Mother Teresa. And I love this one because this one is for all of you economists out there, all of you who are so good at calculating things. I've often talked about people who are good at calculating things. You know, they're willing to risk something now or have that delayed gratification to get a better prize later. Those are the people who make investments and work really hard so that they can have a great time later on and they know they're working toward that goal. I always say of those people, wow. Your only investment that you need to make here on earth then is the eternal investment because compared to all eternity, you know, life on earth is but a blip. And so you're working for that blip to see where you can get in heaven. And if you're aiming just to get in the door, you're not doing that good because there's all sorts of levels up there that you can work for. But Mother Teresa gave a comment like this about the Blessed Sacrament. It was about how you invest just a little and you get your reward for all eternity gets increased. Listen for yourself. But Mother Teresa Calcutta basically said, every single moment you spend before the Blessed Sacrament in love increases the glory you will have in heaven forever. It changes you. And Jesus is the divine lover and he will never be outdone in generosity. You give him 10 minutes, he will give you an increase of glory forever. And next, let me take you to this clip. And I know it's a little bit longer, but you got to listen to it. This is beautiful. This is a miracle, a Eucharistic miracle that happened in Canada. You know, I've lived here all my life, obviously, and I haven't heard of it. It's in a tiny place called Cowley in Alberta. And this story is so fantastic, you got to hear it for yourself. And I'm sure it, this place is hard to find. It's Canada after all, and it's a vast land. But in Alberta, in this tiny town, was a tiny church. You know what? Let Bishop Scott tell you the story. You got to hear this one. And then one morning, a couple of years later, uh, he walked in, he came to the church in the morning for Mass on the Feast of Corpus Christi, and he noticed that the front door was hanging off its hinges. He hurried in and gazed at a scene of great destruction. The walls were in shambles, the statues destroyed, and then he noticed the tabernacle had been split open and the consecrated hosts were scattered down the main aisle. One by one, he gathered them up, counting each one. They were all there except the large benediction host, which he could find nowhere. Eventually, they contacted the, the local RCMP, and they started to help him. The names of all the people are here in this article. Father, uh, the name of the priest was Father Harrington. Uh, they, they, they drove the highways looking. They were trying to figure out. Eventually, they figured they knew who committed this, this, this crime, who vandalized the church. It was two young men, and they were breaking into the tabernacle looking because they thought there might be gold there. Anyway, they drove down the highway, 
And because they didn't want anything that would get them in trouble, they just took the large benediction host and tossed it out the window. And it had been raining heavily. And so the chance of finding that host again was almost nothing. And it had probably been dissolved and disappeared into the soil. But these two young men, when they realized what they had done, they had been told they were not Catholics, that this was something precious and sacred. They finally, their conscience got to them, they fessed up, and they got into the police car with the officer and the priest, and they went looking for it. And I'll take this up, I'll read just this part. Touched by his explanation, they began to show remorse and offered to help find it. One admitted to having discarded it through the truck window just before the police took them in custody. He didn't know where it was, but he knew it was incriminating evidence. The rain had hardly stopped when they all piled into the police cruiser, the two suspects still handcuffed. Father calculated that if the host had been dropped, as these two men had said, the search parties would surely have found it if the rain had not dissolved it. It was about six o'clock that evening when they arrived at the spot. The sky was clearing and there was a bit of blue in the west. As they rounded a corner east of Bellevue, they all saw the host suspended in mid-air beside the highway. Beautiful rays of colored light shone from it. Even before the car had stopped, Father leaped out from the car and ran towards this astonishing sight. Sergeant Parsons of the RCMP was right behind him. Father fell to his knees in adoration, overcome with joy and wonder. Sergeant Parsons did likewise and landed in a pool of mud. Father stood up and reached for the host. It looked as white and as fresh as the day he had consecrated. As he touched it, they heard, Father Gino, please take me back to Cowley. And then this, the story goes on. Uh, this RCMP officer and the officer that was with him uh, were quite obviously converted. <laughs> and the little church started to overflow with parishioners. Just a quick note before we return. If you would like to stay up to date on LifeSite's coverage of the latest life, family, and culture news, subscribe to one of our many newsletters by going to lifesitenews.com slash subscribe. And if you'd like to help us bring our truth-telling coverage to millions around the world, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation at give.lifesitenews.com. And now, back to the video. Now, here's something really cool. I know many of you know J.R. Tolkien. Now, you know him for Lord of the Rings. Some of you may know him for more of his works, but everybody knows him for Lord of the Rings. But did you know he was a Catholic? And even if you did know he was a Catholic, did you know how devoted he was to the Blessed Sacrament? Gotta listen to this. This was J.R.R. Tolkien's advice to his own son. I'd just like to leave you with these words from J.R.R. Tolkien. And if you know, he is the author of the Lord of the Rings trilogy and is a very devout and faithful Catholic. These are the last words I want to leave you in the mission. And I pray with all of my heart that you take them deep into your own heart. He wrote to his son, Christopher Tolkien, these words. Out of the darkness of my life, so much frustrated, I put before you the one great thing to love on earth. 
the Blessed Sacrament. There you will find romance, glory, honor, fidelity, and the true way of all loves upon earth. There's a lot of debate around transubstantiation. Is it real? Even though, as I've said in, in one of my former videos, you know, it seems so evidently clear from what Jesus said at the end of John 6, for instance, and then repeated throughout the scriptures at the Last Supper narrative, then Paul repeats it in Corinthians and so on. But nonetheless, do you understand that transubstantiation was believed by the early church? In fact, how early, you might ask? Well, Bishop Scott points out that Ignatius of Antioch was very, very clear about the truth of Jesus' real presence in the Blessed Sacrament. Ignatius of Antioch, who was ordained by St. Peter, the first pope, the apostle, Peter, and was a disciple of St. John the Evangelist. Oh, that Ignatius of Antioch, right from the beginning. Yep, that one. Have a listen. What do they say? Well, here's Ignatius of Antioch, a contemporary and disciple of John the Apostle. We believe, there's good reason to believe he was ordained a bishop by St. Peter in Antioch. He says, I have no taste for corruptible food, nor for the pleasures of this life. I desire the bread of God, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ, who was of the seed of David, and for drink I desire his blood, which is love incorruptible. Then he goes on. Take note of those who hold heterodox opinions on the grace of Jesus Christ, which has come to us, and see how contrary their opinions are to the mind of God. They abstain from the Eucharist and from prayer because they do not confess that the Eucharist is the flesh of our Savior, Jesus Christ, flesh which suffered for our sins and which the Father in his goodness raised up again. And here's a really cool concept from the great St. Augustine, whom everybody knows and loves. He talked about Jesus being all-powerful, all-wise, and all-rich because he's God. But what does that mean in terms of the Blessed Sacrament? Listen to this. St. Augustine put it this way. I love this quote. This is what he said about the Eucharist. Although God is all-powerful, he is unable to give more. Though supremely wise, he knows not how to give more. Though vastly rich, he hasn't anything more to give. Wow. Although God is all-powerful, he is unable to give more. Though supremely wise, he doesn't know how to give more. Though vastly rich, he doesn't have anything more to give. Finally, my favorite thing that was said in the whole retreat was what was said about St. Catherine of Siena. It's an incredible thing. She was recorded by the um, sisters who were with her as she was in ecstasy in front of Jesus. She saw our Lord in visions and she had her arms outstretched cruciform. And 
she described her Lord. She said, You're like a drunk lover. You have no need of me whatsoever. And yet, you act like you can't live without me. That's my paraphrase because it's stuck in my head and it's helped me in meditation to think about how much love Jesus has for me. It's funny, you know, right before this retreat, about two months before, I was thinking, yep, I love Jesus so much. And I heard a homily that talked about how some saints performed all their miracles because they were so convinced of Jesus' love for them. And I was like, wow. I wish I could have more of a sense of Jesus' love for me. And then this retreat came. And St. Catherine of Siena's quote came. And it's been for me a meditation ever since. Listen to it in its original from Bishop Scott. St. Catherine of Siena, great doctor of the church, would often fall into ecstasy. And the sisters and the other women around him would write down her prayers, write down what she's saying to Jesus, even though they could only hear one side of the conversation. And at one point, with her head back, her arms crucified, she cried out, Lord, you're like an inebriated lover. You have no need of me whatsoever, but you treat me like you can't live without me. You treat me like you can't live without me. Wow. There is the shocking revelation of Jesus. And that's it, my friends. I hope you've enjoyed this which was for me an incredible retreat by Bishop Scott McKaig. Pray for him. He's a great bishop, and he's in Canada, so that's a challenge. And he so loves Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. I hope his enthusiasm, I hope his love for Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament has affected you, and I hope the quotes from all those incredible saints right from the beginning of the Church to modern day will solidify in your mind and in your heart the love for Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament and your want to go and visit him frequently. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston. May God bless you. Hi, everyone. This is John Henry Weston. We hope you enjoyed this program. To see more like it, be sure to hit the subscribe button below to get all the latest content from LifeSite News. Check the links in the description to read more and connect with us on social media so that you can stay up to date with all the latest life, family, faith, and freedom news. Thanks for watching, and may God bless you.